0: And your mercy over our lives never fail. Every morning, brand new mercies you release unto us. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We welcome you to this atmosphere. Be the Lord, be the master. For unto you shall the gathering of the people be. Bless us because we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Are you glad you came to church tonight? Amen. The compelling power of Anakazo. The compelling power of Anakazo. Hallelujah. Look chapter number 14 from verse number 16 to 24. is a parable that we all know. The parable of the great banquet. Bible says that Jesus replied a certain man Preparing a great banquet invited many guests. As the time of the banquet, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I have just, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys, of the town and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servants, go out to the road and to the country lanes and compel them to come in for so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Here ends the reading of his holy word. The verse 23 says that then the master of the servant said, go out to the roads, the country lanes in the, the old King James. It says, I go into the, the hedges The highways and the hedges and compel. The word compel there is a Greek word anakazo, which means to compel. Hallelujah. Now, the dictionary gives us a few uh, meanings that I want us to look at very quickly. The dictionary says the definition of compel means to force or oblige someone to do something. Another word for compel means to pressurize somebody to do something they otherwise would not have done. Or to impel somebody to do something. Or to drive somebody. Or to press them. Or to push them. To urge them. To bring about something By the use of force or pressure. Hallelujah. Now somebody will say, "Ah, but going to church too, is it by force? What is all this force, force business? Pressure, impel, drive, press, push, edge. Let people do something that otherwise they would not have done. By force. But the householder said that go and drive them into the house. You know, the picture I want you to, to get is this. When the house is on fire and you are the fire service officer that has been sent to go into the building to rescue people, when you go in there, you don't have discussions with the people whether they want to come out or not. Am I making sense? When you go into the, the, the house that is burning, what do you do? You evacuate them, you compel them to come. Whether they, want, they, want, they don't feel like moving or they don't feel like leaving or they don't feel like uh, uh, go, going down the stairs or they're afraid, it doesn't matter. You have to compel them because your assignment is to rescue them. Am I making sense? So when we say compel, it is because the house is on fire. In case you're wondering what house is on fire, Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13. And no, let's start from 14. He says that, okay, let's go to 13. 13. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished, and their multitudes dry up with test. Hallelujah. The people are supposed to know better and not doing what they are supposed to do. So, the people are in, no, no, go to 13. I haven't finished. Let Let me explain 13. The people have gone into captivity because they don't have knowledge. Because the honorable men who are supposed to teach them have, they have dried up. They have dried up. They have lost their steel. They have lost their zest. They've lost their passion. You know when you when the Bible uses the uh, spirit of God as testy, isn't it? It's a testy. So if you are you are not testy, uh, if you are not you don't have water. You are testy or dried up. What does that mean? It means that you lack the spirit, because the the elders or the honorable people lack the spirit The people have gone into captivity therefore verse 14 therefore hell has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure it means there is enlargement and expansion going on in hell because we have become dry no water we are thirsty we are, we are devoid of the spirit and devoid of power. We have lost the compelling edge to compel people. So people are free. Hell is free. Now, hell, anytime you do expansion in any building, it means you have more people than you expected. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Like, if, for instance, 5,000 people come into this place right now, we will have to do extension. Immediately we have to do renovation, remove this, uh, and then maybe do another uh, uh, the basement, maybe dig down to the basement to do expansion to accommodate the five thousand because the building was not designed for five thousand people. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So if hell has had to do enlargement, it means the design or the the people that hell had. In mind to accommodate have gone beyond measure. Amen. And so hell has had to do renovation. Why? Because the, their leaders have gone dry. They've decided that they don't need. It's not by force. It's not by force. Church is not by force. If you feel like come. Camp- if you don't feel like go no 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 when the house is burning and you are the fire service officer it is not if you like come if you don't like come go no no you force them because you know what is happening sometimes when the house is burning you are the last person to know that the house is on fire the neighbors may see the fire from the basement and they will alert the fire service officers that there is a a fire in this building and sometimes the people who are uh, upstairs they are not dressed properly so they don't want to come out Uh, am i making sense and so when the fire service officer enters the house he is not going to knock gently to to say hello can i come in Uh, if you don't mind there's fire downstairs so No, they'll break the window. I don't know whether you understand. They'll break the window. They will do something. And then when they come in, whether you are in the bathroom, whether you're on the toilet or not, they will just bundle you and take you out. Because the house is on fire. And they have to, every fire service officer is trained to save lives. They are not trained to be gentle people. They are trained how to lift people no matter the size of the person. They are trained to lift people when the people don't want to go out. Are are you with me? They'll hold you with your one hand and one leg and then they'll put you on their back and they'll take you out. Whether you want to kick or scream, they have to, because that's their job. Eh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Christians, our job is to rescue them whether they want to or not. It is not, oh, go and invite. When the householder sent their servants to the people that had been invited, what did they come back with? in the same way if we stop at invitation all we are going to get is excuses hallelujah the church of god today we have become so mild so docile so uh, timid that we don't remember we don't see that it is not a matter of invitation it's a matter of compelling oh i don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The last command that our general gave us, he said, Go into the world and make disciples. He didn't say isn't go and invite them. Oh, the room has gone quiet and I've even started. Look at uh, Mark 16. Matthew 28, he says, go out into the world and make disciples of me. In Matthew, he said, go and preach the word. Go and bring them. Go and make disciples of me, of all nations, baptizing them. He didn't say, go and invite them. So as soon as I invite you, I have given you the option whether to say yes or no but when I come to bring you there is no excuse there's no uh, I've not given you the your the chance for you to say "I, I will come or not I'll think about it no I didn't come to say if you don't mind let's go hello oh you don't understand what I'm saying he says, go and make disciples. Go and bring them. Look at the Mark 16:1. There is nothing in that scripture that says, go and invite them. Go into the world and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. Preach it. Next verse. He who believes will be baptized, but he who does not will be condemned. Because, see, the thing is that it's either you believe or death. It's either you allow the fire officer to carry you or you are dead. See, we don't see it that way. That is why the church today has become so relaxed. We have become so, we are doing our something. If they want, they can join us. We're not asked to come and do what we want to do and then if they like, they should join us. No, 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 no. We have been called to be equipped to go out there and compel them. Force them. Bring them in. Because the householder knew that the first time he sent to invite, they made excuses. Who in their right mind will Buy a car before they test drive it. Think about it. I have bought five yoke of oxygen, so I need to go and prove them. Did you not prove them before you bought them? In those days, yoke of oxygen is our equivalent of a car. If you are going to buy a car, the first thing you do is you test drive it. You check the car out. If you like it, then you buy it. So if somebody says, I bought a car, but I'm going to test drive it, what are they saying? Sometimes excuses is another way of saying that I won't do it. Because, excuse really, when you analyze excuse, it doesn't make sense. Hallelujah. The, the, the first guy said, what, what? I bought a piece of land. So I have to go and see it. You don't view the house. You bought the house before. Now you're going to view. What if you don't like it? If the, 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 the building is in a bad area, you've already spent your money. Can you see does it doesn't make sense? Most of the excuses that people give us, why they don't come to church, if you analyze it carefully, you see that it's like this. The other one said that I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. See, so I won't come. Now, I thought that if you marry somebody the first day, the, the place you want to take the person is a party. Isn't that, isn't that true? You want to give them a good time. This is a good time that you're not paying for. Somebody is paying for it. Because he says, I have cooked the food. I have prepared the music. Just bring yourself and bring her to come and eat. That one too you want. You say you won't come. After the party, can't you go home and do whatever you were doing or you want to do? Excuses don't make sense. Hallelujah. (laughs) Joe, don't let your mind wander. Just stay here. Be in church. Let your mind be in church. Hallelujah. Joe's mind was going too far. Amen. Elder Joe, let's be serious. We are in church. Then, he said, okay, go and bring them. they bringing to. is a, a higher option than Inviting. So go and bring. I told you that you have the bringables, you have the invitables, then you have the getables. Are you with me? So the invitables say that they won't come. The bringables too, They were just a few. All of us have only a few people we can bring. The people you can bring are people who are in your care, i.e. your children, your the people you're, the people you are looking after, or your friends. The ones that look up to you, you can bring them. But the, the ones that you even don't they don't owe you do, owe you anything, they won't come. You can't just take them I'm taking you somewhere. where are you where are you taking me? You can't tell me what to do. Are you get So it's not all your friends and your peers that you can bring. So really, the number of people you can bring is very, very limited. Amen. Amen. Then the third one, when they, they, they came back, they said, we have brought all the people we could bring. And it wasn't even half full. So the householder says, go into the highways and the hedges. The people that are hiding in the corners. You know that the highways and the hedges, there are always people there. The people in the corners, they don't really have any agenda. Some of them are prostitutes, some are killers, some are robbers, some are murderers, some are uh, pimps, some are drug dealers. They are always hanging in the corner. He says that go there and compel them. and accustom them into the house because I want my house to reform. What the housemaster was saying is that. I don't want hell to be expanded. I want heaven rather to be expanded. Amen. I want heaven rather to be expanded, not hell. But because the leaders don't have sense and they are blind, it is rather hell that is being expanded whilst heaven is closing. Today when you see the church, the church is closing. A good example of it is this building. All the the sites here have been closed. There are chests all around here, all from here all the way around. But it's been closed. Why? Because we don't have sense. So instead of expanding, we are contracting. Instead of doing the master's will, we are being selfish. Today when we come to church, if it's not about breakthrough, it's not about deliverance, it's not about you prospering and your mother-in-law dying and anybody who you owe dying before their time, so you don't have to pay. <laughs> All the things that are so blind and myopic-minded, it's rather what we are emphasizing in the house of God. Now, we come to church and we want to form an exclusive club. We are the inner caucus. We don't want anybody to join. We don't want to see you sit there. When somebody comes with a tattoo half their face, you will be like this. When you come with somebody with those uh, punk with the starch hair, spiky hair, you look at them. When the Pesachas and they are homeless and they are not smelling very nice, you look at them funny. Because we have formed an exclusive club. We like ourselves. We know ourselves. We are comfortable with ourselves. Because when you go out to the hedges and the highways, the people you see, they are not very correct people. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't they don't all smell good. The invited guests, they are the ones who smell good. The ones you go and bring, they are the ones who smell alright. But the ones you are compelling, the prostitute has been working from for the last three days, hasn't taken a bath. You are saying gross. But that those are the ones who come to church. Those are the ones who will come to church. And because we don't want those ones in church, look around you and look at the chairs that are empty. There's still room. And it doesn't worry us. When we come to church and the, the rooms, the chairs are un- unoccupied, we go home and go we'll and have lunch. Very happy. Without realizing that the householder is not happy with us. It's going to be tough this month. Eh? <laughs> I'm only trying to give the, the introduction. that The way the place has already gone quiet, I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. It, it, to compel means that we have an awesome responsibility. We have a great responsibility to do everything within our power to make sure that we, ens- we, we get the house filled. Amen. Amen. We can't give any excuse. We can't give any excuse. Because if somebody gave an excuse, you won't be sitting where you are sitting. How many are happy that you are a Christian? But for Christ, maybe some of us would have been dead. I know for a fact that by for Christ, I won't be here. Are you, are you with me? So, there are others that are only a few weeks to go. To be either dead or in jail. Or on drugs. Waiting on you. Whilst we are being Selfish. Thinking about the job we need, thinking about the things we want, thinking about the things that we want God to do for us that it looks like He's delaying. We are worried about things that worry us, not what worries God. Hello? No wonder. We are still struggling with the things we are struggling with. Because if I am God, and I say, oh, you do this small thing for me, and I'll do greater for you. And the small thing that I've asked you to do, you are not doing. Why would I do the greater for you? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is that go out there and compel them to come. That's all. All your yoke, all your heavy laden yoke, I'm going to take it off you. All your problems, I'll solve them. You just go and do this small thing for me. And we struggle to do it. Hallelujah. We struggle to do it. My prayer is that as we go through this month, it will revive us. It will revive that that zeal to make sure that others receive salvation. It becomes, you see, when what is important to God becomes important to you, what's important to you will be important to God. Oh, am I saying something here? Yeah, yeah. The things that you think are very important to you, God can do them just like that. Very, very easy for God. There's nothing too hard for God to do. But he wants you to do that easy thing. That easy thing. I always say that there are so many people that wish they know what you know or wish they have the peace you you have. There are some people, they don't sleep at night. They are tormented by evil spirits. From the time they close their eyes till the time they wake up, they are tormented, They go to bed tired and wake up tired. All they need is you opening your mouth. All they need is for you bringing them for them to receive the peace they need. But we are thinking about a new job. We are thinking about a bigger house, a bigger car, faster car, shiny shoe, more wigs, more purses, I didn't see another wife. Somebody said another wife. I don't know why you are looking at me. We are looking at things that don't matter. Hallelujah. I pray for all of us that this thing will become a burden we carry it's it's so unfortunate that it's only the pastors the leaders who when they come to church and they are empty chairs it worries them the rest of us we can't be bothered but it must bother us i said it must bother us if all these years you've been in church you don't have at least 12 people to say, to show that uh, these people are in church because of me, these people are born again, these people are saved because of me, then there's something wrong with you. And I question your salvation. Because we are saved to save. So if your salvation is not bringing people into the house of God, I question it. In John chapter 15 it says that my father, I am the vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. But every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bring forth more fruit. Why? Because the vine dresser is about more fruit. Hallelujah. He, he wants more fruit. It's, that's all God wants. God wants more fruit. If we are fruits of his righteousness, he wants more. So he's going through the, the, the branches. He's going through and he's looking at the productive ones and the unproductive ones. The ones that are productive, he's cutting so that to bring forth more fruit. The one that are, is unproductive, he's chopping off. I pray that you you and I will not be chopped off. I say, I pray that you and I will not be chopped off because we have been unproductive. It's not enough for you to carry your Bible and come to church on Sunday. It's not enough for you to speak in tongues all day. It's not enough for you to read the Bible every day. You have, uh, what do you call it, audible Bible. You are reading uh, chapters and chapters. When you are cooking, it's reading for you. When you are in the bathroom, it's reading for you. It's not enough. Hallelujah. I say it's not enough. If you can't point to your fruits, then there's something wrong. Every fruit bearing tree is known for the fruit it produces, isn't it? If you're a fruit bearing tree and you don't produce fruit, what happens? The fig tree. That didn't produce fruit. When Jesus walked underneath it, what did Jesus do? He cursed it. Because instead of producing fruit, it's it's not producing. So why are you living? The reason why we have been left here on earth is to affect the populate hell and populate heaven. That is our job. And Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If a salt loses its taste, what is it good for? It's neither good for cooking, it's neither good to use it to preserve, but you have to throw it away, throw it on the floor, and let people work on it, at least it will have some use. Hallelujah. No one lights a lamp hides it. If salvation is a lamp, then you have to put it at the right place. So that those who see it will have light because of you. You don't like my message? Yeah. I mean, I want us all to take an inventory of our lives from the beginning of this year to now. How many lives have you affected? How many souls have you won? How many people have you invited? How many people have you brought? How many people? It's not, you see, when you start preaching a message like this, sometimes church members trying to appease their conscience begin to accuse you. He wants the church to be full. He won't go and do the job. He wants me to. Uh-huh. Listen. He says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. My job is to equip you to do the work. My job is not to go and do the work. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But we have turned it upside down. The church today, we come. You teach us and you go and do it. But if you rely on us, then you have an empty church. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Yeah. The pastor has to preach. Then after preaching, he has to go out and do evangelism. Otherwise, the church will be empty forever. I have to pray for you. I have to teach you. I have to preach. Then after that, I have to go out and take flyers and do evangelism. Otherwise, the church will be empty. No. There is something wrong with our doctrine. I say there's something wrong with our doctrine. Hallelujah. Every Christian must be fruitful. Every Christian must affect their their country, their neighborhood. You must, it says that, go into the world and make disciples of me. Go from Jerusalem to Judea to the Samaria to the utmost part of the world. Go and make disciples of me. Go everywhere and, and compel them into heaven. Hallelujah. Does Job serve thee for naught? Does Job serve thee for naught? Is it not because you have blessed him and everything that he has within him. That is why his goods are safe. And everything he does prospers. Can Satan accuse God because of you? Uh, can Satan stand there and say that that's, uh, Phoebe serve you for naught? Because you haven't done anything. Phoebe <laughs> hasn't done anything to deserve the hedge. Am I making sense? What are we doing to deserve God's protection? What are we doing to deserve God's um, provision? God's empowerment. Because if you are a, a, a Christian that is not productive, you have two forces against you. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. So he, God himself, is ready to cut you off. And Satan, the thief, cometh not but for to steal, to kill him. So he's also coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like my message. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to make you see the reality that we cannot be Christians who don't go out to compel people. You know, who, who was the householder angry with? He was angry with the servants. more than the people he was angry with the servants he was shouting on the servants why because these servants were like modern day christians god has prepared the banquet he's prepared the provision he says go you go they give you flimsy excuse you don't counter the excuse You put your tail between your legs. You come back and you're coming to give me all the excuses that they gave you. One of the things I personally don't like is when you, my leader, you go and they give you an excuse and you come and repeat the excuse to me. I hate that. Personally, I hate that. No, I expect you to overcome the excuses. Don't come and repeat the excuses to me, or you don't you don't get what what I'm saying. Oh, uh, pastor, we went and the people say they are doing their dissertation. They say that uh, they are have they are so busy, so they will come next. No, don't come back until you are coming back with good. That was how my father was. <laughs> my father doesn't like those type. I uh, I went, but uh, I didn't get it. You know, he tells you to go and buy. My father used to like. Am I okay to say it? These days with this type of. Like it, like. <laughs> my father used to like. You know, the peanut that is in the pod, the boiled one. Nice. That was his favorite. So sometimes he was sent. He sent you, and says that go and buy the peanuts, the boiled one in the pot. You know better not to come back that you didn't find one. I mean, I'm talking about a seven-year-old, eight-year-old. No, 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 no! Don't come back to say that. Oh, uh, please, that I went, I didn't get it. So. Sometimes you have to walk (laughs) like from here to the train station. And I'm talking about seven, eight year old. You know better not to come back. Go and find it. As to how you find it, he doesn't really care. Come back with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I've always been to have been like that. Don't come and why you give me excuse? Some out of politeness, I will hear the, but I will listen. But immediately I switch off because I don't want to hear excuse. The reason why I sent you is because I know and I expect you to put, be productive. Yeah, I'm not making sense. So don't say I didn't get something. The person said it's not ready. They have run out. This is the only producer of the thing? <laughs> have you tried other places? How far did you walk? <laughs> so the householder was angry with the servants. The modern day servant is two excuse filled servants. Always coming back with excuses. I like, "Oh, Pastor," he said, "These days when you go out there and you're preaching, nobody wants to listen. Every the whole since Adam was born till now, people have not wanted to listen. It's not today that they started not wanting to listen. Noah preached how many years? 200 years, and you only got eight people." And even that was his wife and uh, his children and their husbands. Yeah. So, it, this ministry not working type of thing, it's been since Noah's days. And nobody has given up doing it up to today. So, it's not going to start with you and I. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't come back with excuse. Funny enough, I worked under a bishop that doesn't like excuses. No, 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 no. When he sends you to go and do something, he doesn't care how you did it. Come back with the resources. Come back with the results. If you are going, you have gone for too long and he looks, come and look at you. Don't, yeah, yeah, come, come and sit here. When you come back, even what you were doing before you sent, they sent you, you won't even get that one to do. (laughs) They'll put you back to class one. (laughs) Yeah, they'll put you back to class one. The reason why I sent you was because you are now in form three. So I know you can do something. If you've gone and you can't do it, you don't come back to form three. Class one, go and start again. By the time you get back to form three, this time you will learn sense. because the church is forgetting that it's about souls. Hallelujah. The church is fast forgetting that everything we are doing is about souls. I was saying on Saturday that all the things we do in church is not about the thing we are doing. No. It's about souls. The singing it's not about the people who have the nicest voice I really don't care how good their voices are I want 50 people here to sing they can sing like frogs just keep them here if we have a dance team of 50 people I am happy I don't care the type of dance they are dancing, whether they are dancing well or not. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't make any, because it is about getting people to do it. Because it's our souls. If we do, uh, what do you call, drama, and we have people to do drama, I don't care that. If I want proper drama, I will go, go and watch uh, Netflix or go and watch uh, a YouTube movie. I won't watch Osas and uh, Vanessa and uh, whatever, Sonia and Co trying to do something. You don't know what they are doing. They they are laughing. Instead of cracking the jokes for us to laugh, they are laughing at their own jokes. It's not about that. It's about getting the people every so compelling them. If it is uh, drama that will keep their interest, get them here. With the drama, if it is music that will keep them, give them the interest, keep them. I really don't care how good they are. That's why I always struggle. I always fight with these guys because you have to play like them, otherwise they won't allow you to play. How many can play like you people? And you've been playing and we know we, we have heard all the nice music. Sit down, let people who don't know how to play play. It's not because I don't like you anymore. Because I want more people. If that is what will catch their interest to bring them here, then let's use that. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some people they'll rather do bless of the father and not come to church. They want to be volunteers. Get them all in. It's one step into church. From there into through this door is easier than. Uh, Am I making sense? Yeah. So sometimes we have to clear the people who normally do the bless of their father. Not because they are not good anymore. But they can do something else. To make room for new people to come in. Because it is all about souls. It's about making the place full. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So let's stop making exclusive claps. They stop making this, oh, it's about us. We know each other. We are comfortable with each other. We like each other. This is how we always want. No, 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 no. Yeah. Am I making sense? There yeah, are sometimes, uh, uh, what do you call it? Nicholas and Co? you have to sit down. Get new people to do ushering. After really, how much do we need? How many people do we need to do a, a, a room this size? It's not a lot. We know you guys are the gurus in ushering. We know that. You are the anointed ushers. You can, you, when you are taking offering, people give. When you say they, they should sit here, they get slain in the spirit as they are sitting down. We know that. Yeah. But at the point, I want you to sit down, not because you are not good anymore. But I want more people to be brought in. So that when we say we want, now how many ushers do we have in the church? We have 50 ushers. How many people do we need to usher a room this size? Not a lot. But we have 50 ushers. And they have a pastor. And their pastor is Nicholas. They know that 50 people are no longer pastor Sam's headache. Because they already have their pastor. Are you with me? We have... 50 people in the choir. It is no longer Pastor Sam's headache because they have a pastor over them. Am I making sense? Yeah. If we say we have uh, uh, blessed of the Father, 100 people. Those 100 people are not my headache. Or Pastor Sam's headache. They have a pastor in charge of them. Am I making sense? At any one Sunday, they don't need more than 15 people to do the job. If you have more than 50, it it'll be too many. Are you getting it? So they are doing shifts, but just so that they have a pastor to look after them. All these chapels that we started, it's not because we want want you to exhibit how good a pastor you are, how good a preacher you are. No, no, no. Are are you getting what I'm saying? It's just so that we have a group of people that you are looking after. And we see we are struggling with all these type of things because we don't understand the purpose of salvation. That's why if you have, a, you have a chapel and you are six, you've been six for three years, continuously, we'll close the chapel down because you obviously you don't understand. Because we want about 50 people that you are looking after. That it makes you fruitful. Uh, you, yeah. It doesn't make any sense that I am preaching in this room. I'm the pastor. I'm the bishop of the church. I'm preaching here, preaching every Sunday. I'm here every Wednesday. I'm here every Friday. I'm here. Meanwhile, there are a lot of preachers and pastors who can preach the same if not even better. Let me go and do something else. It's not because I'm fed up of preaching to you. But see, we work ourselves from the job. Are you with me? So that we get more room, more people Oh, you don't understand yeah. because it, it, it's about souls whatever we will do to weed souls let's do it yes. amen yes. that is why I want you to start something in the church that only you are in charge and then bring people to come and do it hello media team Video team, start something that requires hundred people. They are not looking at me. They've decided they won't look at me. Yeah, you start something, come up with something that it requires hundred people and then you find them. Bring them in. Now the hundred people become your responsibility. So before they start doing whatever interests them that makes them come, you preach to them, you watch over their souls. Am I making sense? Yeah. Let's create different things, different groups. different. The reason why this church is called a center and not a church, a center incorporates a lot of varied, a myriad of things. Are you So if you have doctors, the doctors must create something that will encourage medical people to come. I in mean, medical outreach. You have hundred or fifty medical staff. Every so often we go out. Do, 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 do you get it? All the medical people we form, we form a group. We are here. Every so often we're going out. How many times are we going to go out? Maybe three or four times a year. But then uh, you keep them. Every week we have a meeting. Free eye screening. We do free eye screening in all the churches, all the churches in Leeds will do free ice cream, will go, go there, this Sunday we are in this church, the next Sunday we are in there. It's not about the ice. Nobody cares about the ice. <laughs> How many understand what I'm trying to say? Nobody really cares about the ice. It's so that you have people like you who have the same passion and the same interest to do what you are doing. Form a legal place, department, in the church. All the legal people come, come together. Am <laughs> <laughs> I not making sense? Yeah, that's what the vision God gave me was that it's a center, hey, whosoever will may come. Because it's about souls, it's about souls. We are packing them in. Bless of the Father is doing this. We have a crash. They are doing this. We have a what do you call it? A social service department. They are also doing this. We have a music uh, studio. They are doing this. We have a radio station. They are doing this. We have a, a medical people. They are doing this. It doesn't matter. Let's use our skills. Let's use our interests. Let's use anything that we can to compel them and uh, accustom them in. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Let me give you a few reasons why we need to do an akazo. Number one. The reason why we need an acazo is that without an akazo, the room will be empty. If you are relying on invitation, the room will be empty. If you are relying on just bringing a few, the room will be empty. Amen. If we rely on just laying back, hell will increase, number two. If we don't do an hell will continue to increase. Number Number three, without an there won't be growth. The church will never grow. If you don't deploy anakazo, your chapel will never grow if you don't deploy anakazo. If you are going to be gentle and you don't want anybody to say anything bad about you, you want to be a nice goody 2 shoes person and be a nice person. Uh, uh, you will have an empty chapel every Sunday every Thursday. No, oh, if you if you like, join us. Nobody will join you. You make people join you oh you don't like what i'm saying you make people join you you don't invite people put it out there if you like join no nobody likes <laughs> ah, i don't know whether I'm saying. It's, it's about time we became aggressive yes. Yes. oh i don't know whether you understand what i'm saying it's about time we became aggressive have you not realized that the gay people are very aggressive about their, their gay things? Because really, the world now has moved into a place where if you are not aggressive, no one will listen to you. As to what you do in your room with whoever you do it, how does that concern us? Why do you want all of us to buy into your nonsense? We also have our nonsense, we do. We haven't brought our nonsense to you. Why are you bringing your nonsense to us? Everywhere. Everywhere go. Every government building flying a gay flag. Because they are shoving it down your throat. You don't shove Christ and the word of God in, in people's throat and see. Other things are shoving the nonsense on our throats, and you keep your Christ. Oh you don't understand what I'm saying. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation. What gives power to salvation is the gospel. If you're ashamed of it, the power goes. What brings the power of the gospel is not being ashamed to declare it. When you go aggressively, the Holy Spirit is bound to aggressively back you. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Listen, a few years ago, I walked into this city with my family, four of us. The only two people we knew were only two. Auntie Gloria and uh, Dr. Hagan. Those were the only two people we knew. Uh, only a few years ago here, we started a church in my living room. It was a small chapel. That is what has grown do you think we did it just by being nice do you think we just go hello who do we know to invite so you sit in your chapel and say that I'm waiting gradually we are waiting on the donor partners to to donate members for us you'll be waiting forever there's no donor partner coming anywhere Oh, you, don't, you don't like what I'm saying? No, no. The Bible says anyone who wants to have many friends must first show themselves what? Friendly. Be aggressive. Listen, everybody in this room should be able to start a chapel. And you are in the right church. This church, anything you want to do, you are, I'm giving you the liberty. Start it. We will back you. So long as it brings souls, we'll back you. And we'll train you to do it well. Am I making sense? Because it's about souls. It's about souls. All the ministers and that we have, it's all about souls. It's not about anything else. We want them to go out and be fruitful. Bring souls. Let the souls do well. Let them also go out there. And make win souls. That's all. That's all. That's what we've been called to do. Go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and make disciples who also bring others. Simple. Amen. If we don't go, we'll have an empty room. If I was if we were to be shy and decide that we don't want to inconvenience anybody. But now, we are still in our living room. Yeah, we'll still be in the living room. I used, we used to have a church that I used to meet in a, in a school where we were using. It. The church has been there for 21 years, Pastor Sam. It's the pastor, his wife, his brother-in-law, and the pastor's sister. 21 years anyway. they were, every, every Sunday you see them come. Every Sunday. The church, the, the, this church has been in this school for 21 years. This was 1999. They had been in the same school, Holt School in Birmingham for 21 years. There are only four people. I'm not telling you a lie. I don't want to give you the name of the church. But they had been there for 21 years. It's the man, his wife, the man, his, his, uh, his wife, the, the brother-in-law and then the sister. It's now 44 years. At the time they had been there for 21 years and there were four of them. Every Sunday you see them come. One has tambourine. <laughs> you see them beating the tambourine and singing. I'm not saying it's wrong. If that's what God has called them to do, that's fine. But I don't think that the world is going from, from five billion to eight billion and you have four people in your room after 21 years. Something is definitely very wrong. without an akaz, we will become stagnant. It doesn't matter how wonderful your revelation is, how wonderful the power is. If you are not compelling people to come, your power will be in your pocket. Stand to your feet. We'll continue next week.